Hello and welcome to Sacred Heart Radio. I'm Father Michael Delcom, pastor of our community, and I'm grateful you've joined us today. Before we dive into today's message, I want to thank you for your support. At Sacred Heart, we're super excited about our mission to encounter Jesus and become missionary disciples. None of this would be possible without the incredible generosity and dedication of our supporters like yourself. Whether it's through prayer, time, or financial contributions, you allowed us to carry out our mission and touch the lives of countless individuals. If our ministry has helped you along the way, either with this podcast or with our online streaming, please consider financially partnering with us if you're not doing so already. We want to continue our virtual presence in an ever-challenging world, and your support allows us to do that. You can visit shbrusar.org and click the Give button. There you can find ways to support and partner with us on our mission. Another way to support us in our mission is just to share this content with others. Again, on behalf of our team, thank you for listening today. Let's get to today's content as we grow together. So to begin our conversation today, uh, let's talk about two things. Let's maybe get clarity on two things. Secular and sacred. Secular and sacred. What does a secular viewpoint, what does a secular life look like? And what does maybe a sacred life look like? Secular perspective, sacred perspective. Let's talk about what secular looks like. Maybe we use these terms all over the place, but we don't really define them. Secular in Webster's Dictionary is defined as this. Of, a relate, of or relating to worldly things are things that are not regarded as religious, spiritual, or sacred Things that are temporal, so things that are of, of time. So related to worldly things, things that are not religious, spiritual, or sacred. What would a secular viewpoint, a secular mentality sound like or look like? Well, if we would eliminate God, eliminate divine, eliminate perspective of anything beyond this world. So eliminate heaven, eliminate a a power above us, a power over us, um, something that we would be under, something that would direct and maintain something above us. Right? In the 12 steps, we, we call it, I'm powerless. There's a higher power. Eliminate all that. So a secular mindset would be, I live only for this world. I only have so much time. At the end of my life, I'm going to die and there's nothing. So when we say people are worldly, they live for this world. They live for what this world can give. So things that would be important, I would probably look to culture to tell me that. Uh, What's important in our culture? Image, what people think of me, that's very important. Um, It seems like possessions are important, and so um, almost like possessions define who I am. We do it all the time. People with more, somehow we, we attach that they're more important. People with less, somehow we attach they're less important. And so we kind of get socked up into this worldly mentality of um, wanting more because maybe that means we have more. Worldly, secular. I'm in control of my life. There's no one above me directing me, but I define 
what I want to define as truth or not truth. I make up my own rules, make up my own laws, because there's really no one above me. There's no one beyond me. That's a secular mentality. Let's talk about a sacred mentality. Well, the sacred is basically accepting and um, believing that there is a higher power. There's, there's a divine power. There is, um, I'm not the origin of my life. There's something beyond me, above me, outside of me that is over and above all of this. This is not my world. I was created by someone else that I actually um, and directed and guided. There's actually a providential care. There's a divine work happening all the time. And so now I don't decide what's right and what's wrong. I don't decide what's truth and what's lies. I actually look to someone else to define that for me. And that's where worship comes into play. We are here this morning to worship God. We are declaring and defining that there is a God and God is other. And we are coming to worship to lay down our life. We're making a statement this morning, a very sacred statement. What we do here is sacred. What we believe is that as we come to worship God in this one hour, we are asking that the rest of our life be influenced by what we're doing now. So the rest of our hours, the rest of our days this week, we want this sacred moment to influence all the other moments that are going to come for the rest of the week. The other option would be to live a very secular life. We don't come to worship God because there is no God. We don't have to look at anything other than us as the center and origin of our life. And so what, what I say is, is truth is truth, and what you say is truth is truth, and we just kind of live copacetic in our own little space and bubble. Now here's where the tension comes in. When someone who is living in a sacred mentality, a sacred um, belief system, has a conversation with someone who's living in a secular belief system, that's when it's uncomfortable. It may describe some of your conversations at the dinner table, at the workplace, or just at the grocery store. I'll give you an example. Just imagine you sitting with all of your family. Let's say all of your family is there, and maybe some of your family members, your kids, have brought over some of their friends. And then you just want to enter into a very comfortable conversation about marriage. And you just want to say, hey, marriage is between a man, biological man, and a biological woman. They get together, they have children. And they live. And you imagine that this conversation is actually going to be comfortable and just everyone's going to agree. You're going to eat and digest your food with some liquids and you're going to break from the table and everything's going to be fine. That probably won't happen. Because what's happening is you probably are sitting at that table with people who are living in a secular mindset 
and a sacred mindset. And so there's some clashing and that's going to be uncomfortable. So we probably are going to avoid that conversation. Let's say you just want to have a, a, a decent conversation about what it means to be a male and what it means to be a female. That's, that's basic. There's biblical foundation for that. But that's going to be an uncomfortable conversation now because we are living in a world that is becoming ever more and more secular. The, the predominant thought, the predominant um, pressure is more secular than sacred. You turn on the TV, it's more secular than sacred. You listen to music, it's more secular than sacred. Christianity is not the predominant thought and is not the predominant viewpoint that is influencing our culture, our world. It's the same for America as it is across the world. Okay. We have that context established. Would you all agree with me or not? Absolutely. So Jesus is teaching his disciples. He's about to send them into the world to go and preach and teach and heal. And he says this. This is today's gospel. Matthew chapter 10, verse 26. He says to his 12, fear no one. A little girl today uh, after 7 a.m. Mass, he said, why does Jesus tell his disciples not to fear anyone when he knows they're going to be afraid? Let's talk about that. He says, fear no one. Nothing is concealed that won't be revealed, nor secret that will not be made known. What I say to you in the darkness, speak into the light. What you hear me whisper, proclaim to the housetops. So Jesus is teaching them, look, don't be afraid of anyone. Go and tell the truth. Tell the good news. Tell people that I am real, that God is real, that we live in a world that belongs to someone else, that we're just stewards of what we've been given by God, so on and so forth. Why were they afraid? They were afraid because the message is, is maybe contradictory to their belief system. If I tell someone that thinks they're the center of the world that they can decide what's morally right or wrong because they are the center of morality, if I say, well, there is a God and God kind of directs us and we're in his world, then all of a sudden I'm not in control. All of a sudden I have to answer to someone else and all of a sudden I, it just changes and it rubs the wrong way. They might not like it. They may push back on me. I may lose friends. I may lose family members. I may not be liked. I may lose my job. I may not climb the ladder, whatever that ladder looks like, or they may actually kill me. That's what the early disciples were facing. They actually were facing death. But Jesus says this. You can read it in the gospel. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. So here's the rub. Don't be afraid of those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. He was trying to convince his disciples that the sacred mentality of life, the sacred way of living, understanding and believing that God is real and that God will take care of them, it is worth even dying in this world because the world to come is worth dying for. 
The soul lives forever. The body only lives for so long. It's a bad deal to sacrifice the soul just to live for this world. Jesus often said in different places, what, ga- what good would it gain the whole, to you to gain the whole world and to forfeit your life in the process? What can one give if he has the whole world? He can gain nothing. Now, that doesn't exactly solve the problem. So, he knew they were going to be afraid to answer this little girl's question. So, he says this. Listen, are not two sparrows sold for small coins? Sparrows, like the little tweet birds, right? The the ones that are in the Walmart, Walmart parking lot, like eating everything. They're like everywhere. They're like drive you nuts, right? They're in everything. They take over all the Purple Martin houses. They're like, nah, they're all over the place. They're everywhere. But the Lord, the Father, knows everything about them. He cares for them. Even all the hairs of your head are counted, so do not be afraid, for your Father knows you. Basically, Jesus is trying to build confidence in them that, look, God the Father will take care of you. I know you are afraid to lose things. You're afraid to lose family. You're afraid to lose friends. You're afraid to lose your life. Your Father will take care of you. I remember uh, working through this when I was uh, praying about the priesthood. What I was praying about is, do I really want to give up everything? Do I want to lose everything? Do I want to lose a wife? Do I want to just give up having kids? Do I want to give up um, having a job so that I can control how I spend my money, so that I can control how I spend my time, so that I can control the pleasures that I have in my life, a boat, a camp, hunting, all this other stuff? Do I want to give my life over to someone else that tells me where I go and what I do, how I spend my time? Do I want to live just such a simple life where I just can't do what I want to do? I was thinking of all the worldly things. I was thinking of the secular mentality where I was in control. I didn't know if I wanted to lose that. I didn't know if I wanted to die to all those things. It's an important question. I was working through that. The question I kept asking the Lord was, Lord, are you going to take care of me? Are you going to be enough? Are you going to provide for me if I'm not in charge of my life? And so Jesus tells them, do not be afraid of anyone because your Father in heaven will take care of you. And so I'll propose this to you. You and I live in a time and a space where um, the secular is, is moving, moving in ever more into our families, into our community, into our homes, into your life. It's so easy for us um, maybe to just look at our life and say, you know what, I come to Mass on Sunday for an hour. I give God an hour it's so easy for us to say, well, the rest of my life doesn't involve God. That's a slippery slope of us, you and me, becoming more and more secular in our mindset. To look at everything else as somehow not connected to God. 
the, sec- the sacred mindset is this moment, this time is actually meant to influence all of our other time. And so our whole life, our marriage, our job, our relationships, our money, our finances, our time, our, our entertainment, it's all meant to be influenced by God. But we live in a secular world which is constantly trying to influence us. And so Jesus looks at us this morning and he says, don't be afraid of anyone. Don't be afraid to lose friends. Don't be afraid to lose family. Don't be afraid to witness to me in the world. Why? If you believe anything, if you remember anything from this morning, this is it. Last line in our gospel. Everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly Father. But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my heavenly Father. That's some tough words. Some difficult words to hear from Jesus. But what he's saying is, listen, I know you have a choice. I know you can choose this world. I know you can be quiet. I know you can play it safe. I know you can hide and and avoid the difficult conversations, avoid the, the awkward conversations. And I know you can let people who are walking in darkness stay in darkness because the minute you bring light into that conversation, it's gonna be awkward, it's gonna be uncomfortable, and you may lose friends, you may lose family members, you may lose your job. I know you can do it. And you can live for this world, and that's a choice. But if you deny me knowing the truth, it's hard to hear Jesus say this. If you choose to deny me, you have made a choice, and I will deny you. But if you courageously, courageously speak up on my behalf, if you offer truth and goodness, if you bring light into someone whose life is filled with darkness, if you step out on my behalf, I will step out on your behalf. That ultimately takes courage. That ultimately takes conviction on our behalf. You and I have to believe that God is on the other side. You and I have to believe that God is real, that God takes care of us, that God will provide for us. So even though we lose our job, even though we lose our friends, even though we lose our influence, even though we lose the things that this world tells us is so important, that God will be enough. It takes a lot to believe that. It really takes a lot to lean into that. Jesus tried to convince us as much as he could. He died telling us it's worth it. He died telling us that he will take care of us. He basically said, look at me. I trust my father will take care of me even until death. Please do the same. Let's pray for our faith. Let's pray for each other. Let's pray that we may live with a sacred mindset, a sacred way of life, and protect ourselves from becoming more and more secular. Amen.